Bayou. It's Bayou. I know it's Bayou. Bayou. Bay. Bay Al. Bay Al dreams. Bayheim. Bayheim. It is episode seven of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts, brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Christen, and thank you for listening to this episode seven. Joining me today, it's like we never left the room, really. To my left, sports columnist David Briggs. What's up, guys? What's up, Briggsy? To my direct front, sports editor Scott McNeish. Hello, dear listeners. That means he's sitting right in front of me. And to my right, technical producer Phil Kaplan. Hi, guys. Hi, Phil. Before we get into today's program, I want to remind you one more time, because it's the last week that it will be available to you, is Game Track, presented by the Taylor Automotive family on ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports. Game Track gives you all the local high school football scores as they happen. We're in week two of the OHSAA state playoffs, and you can find all the scores for your favorite high school football team on ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports at the top of the page on the game track bar. You can check those out Friday night as the games happen and then Saturday morning. Again, game track, ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports. Well, gentlemen, I think I've determined that we are the nexus for Chase Young news because last week we finished recording and we found out that Chase Young was in some trouble and we found out he was suspended for at least... Saturday's game against Maryland, and now we know that, well, before this podcast, we know now Chase Young is going to be available next week against Penn State. Young was one of the front runners, could have been the front runner for the Heisman Trophy, but Briggs, in your column yesterday, looking at Joe Burrow, former Ohio State quarterback, transfers to LSU, we know the story, and you said it yourself in the column, and I completely agree. Burrow has made LSU into Ohio's second favorite college team. And the performance that he put on against Alabama was historic. It snapped an eight-year drought for LSU. And now we're looking like if everything falls into right places, we could be looking at that Joe Burrow versus Ohio State National Championship if everything goes right. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. I mean, how crazy is it that you could have a team – how could you lose the Heisman Trophy winner, the Heisman Trophy frontrunner, and not be worse for it? I mean, that's what's – like I mentioned, you know, the alternate history, everyone's kind of wants to know, you know, what would Ohio State rather have, two years of Joe Burrow or one year of Dwayne Haskins, who set all sorts of Big Ten passing records last year, and two years at minimum of Justin Fields? And I think, you know, I think the answer is pretty obvious. You probably take the, the two years of Fields – and the, the one year of Haskins, that's three potentially elite seasons versus one elite season from Burrow. Because remember, Burrow was not that great last year learning a new offense. And then you kind of, he's paired with Joe Brady, the 30 year old wonder kind passing game coordinator at LSU. That's kind of, that marriage has kind of defined the season. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a remarkable story. Um, I remember him going back to, 
2014 when he was a senior playing Central Catholic. That was a, a huge game in the Division Three playoffs, one of the greatest games I've ever seen. 56-52, Joe Burrow threw for more than or close to 500 yards, and that's the, you know, Greg Dempsey, the Central coach, has been coaching here for, for a long time. They've faced some good quarterbacks over the years, Brady Quinn, just to name one, and, you know, he said, you know, Burrow's by far and away the best guy, and it was quite a show then, and it's certainly what a show now. Burrow, 31 of 39, 393 yards, three touchdowns, no picks at number three Alabama this past Saturday. And now Joe Burrow is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy, clear cut. But you mentioned this kind of parallel universe that Ohio State fans might be thinking of. It's always the what if when you see something that left and you see a player Mm -hmm. succeed elsewhere. You know, for example, Jan Gomes winning a World Series with the Nationals. You know, what if he was still an Indian? Well, what if Joe Burrow was still a Buckeye and you mentioned it? Would you rather have the year of Joe Burrow or would you rather have the Haskins and Fields combination? It's so crazy to think that what if Joe Burrow never sustained that injury? Right, yeah. Going back, the arc of Burrow's career really changed his redshirt sophomore season. He was going into that year. JT Barrett was a senior. He went into that spring camp or into that fall camp as the position to be the backup behind Barrett. He suffers a freak injury, breaks his hand during camp. You know, Dwayne Haskins passes him on the depth chart, a redshirt freshman at the time. Obviously, we remember what he did against Michigan. I think Phil was there. Dwayne Haskins <laughs> comes in, throws two touchdowns, leads him to the comeback. Was that the game you were at, Phil? I was there. It was okay. also my wife's first game. Oh, man. Michigan that was something. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, Haskins has the, you know, is in the pole position going into the quarterback battle the last year, I guess it would have been, with uh, – with Burrow and, and Haskins, but yeah, it's 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 remarkable. I mean, if you're Ohio State, sure, you would have wanted Burrow to still be here. I guess that would be a, well, I guess if he was here, you wouldn't have had Fields, so I, w- I would have said uh, it's all it's all worked out for both sides, and I think the interesting thing about turning LSU into Ohio's favorite team, it's kind of like, it, it, it's only because Ohio State is doing really well that Ohio State fans can appreciate Joe Burrow's success. It's kind of like, you know, like St. Louis Cardinals baseball fans. They just, they love to pat themselves on the back for being the best fans in baseball and the classiest fans. Like if they're winning 10 nothing and a defense and the other team makes a great defensive play, like they'll cheer and then they'll pat themselves on the back. Hey, look, we're such great baseball fans. We're so classy to the opposition. It was the same way with Nebraska. Like if they... After they beat you like seventy to thirty, like they would applaud like a, a great effort by Ricky Williams at Texas or something. And the same way with with Ohio State. I mean, if Ohio State was struggling, they'd be blaming the coaches and just it'd be hell to pay. I mean, they would have said, you know, you made the wrong decision. Why is Joe Burrow not here? Now you can appreciate Ohio State's success. You can appreciate LSU's success. And you're not like the Georgia fans who lost Justin Fields and now they have Jake Fromm and they're starting to, you know funnel that venom toward Jake Fromm saying why don't we have Justin Fields and it's just not a good situation so it's it's uh it's all worked out this time and the success of Justin Fields allows Ohio State fans to show that appreciation Fields is kind of a Heisman contender in his own I mean 68 percent completion rate over 1800 yards 27 touchdowns and one interception in nine games right it's not like he's this middle rung quarterback that is just carrying Ohio State to barely skating by. I mean, they're blowing teams out. They're the number one sure. total offense in the country. Yeah, absolutely. And and Fields' numbers are a little deceiving because he only plays a half a lot of games with the with the way Ohio State's been. I think winning by an average margin of forty plus points. It's been pretty uh, 
pretty nuts. But um, if we're just looking at this year, I, I think I'd probably rather have Fields than Burrow. Burrow's Burrow's been amazing, and he is a dual threat. But just the true dual threat, and I don't think there's not a better dual threat quarterback in the country than than um, than Justin Fields. And just the way he opens up that running game. And last year with Dwayne Haskins, you saw you know when you have 11 guys basically defending 10, it's very different versus having you know an elite runner. Who has that? Who has that option to? Uh, it, it just, as they say, it equates the numbers. So, when you have an elite passer and an elite runner, the balance Ohio State has in this offense, I do think Buckeyes are better off with Justin Fields. And you look at the lineage from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day in this era with quarterbacks. I mean, going all the way back to 2014 when it was Braxton Miller, later Cardale Jones leading them to a national champion. And then you look at JT Barrett, you look at Dwayne Haskins, now you look at Justin Fields dual-threat-sided quarterbacks, whereas Joe Burrow more of a established pocket passer. Moving to the other side of the spectrum here, the whole Chase Young story that we've been on for the past week here at the Blade. Chase Young provisionally out of the Heisman race following the two-game suspension, but now we know that he's coming back, fittingly so, next week versus Penn State. So he'll have two games left in the regular season, Penn State and Michigan. And if you're Ohio State, well, you didn't really miss him against Maryland. And even this weekend, you probably won't miss them against Rutgers. Getting Chase Young back on the football field just in time for these two big games against Big yeah. Ten opponents. I mean, what more could you ask for if you're Ohio State? Yeah. And what we also know, according to completely reckless and unsubstantiated speculation, is that Penn State was the snitch. You know, if we're allowed to, you know, they were kind of recklessly speculating on the on the broadcast during Saturday's game, Joel Klatt and, uh, and um, Gus Johnson. So they were, uh, you guys obviously, you know, Ohio State up 42 nothing in the first half against Maryland, already a successful onside kick. And then Ryan Day, Ohio State coach, was using those three timeouts in the last 30 seconds. And they say, you know, Gus Johnson says, oh, this is personal. And Joel Klatt, this is interesting, partner. Oh, I wonder where Chase Young is from. Oh, it's from Maryland's backyard. That's interesting. Well, who would know about the recruiting vi- or about the, uh, the NCAA violations? So, but apparently, as I alluded to, there is a new rumor and no need to get into to it but it's uh if Penn State was the snitch let us just say the timing was poor he will be back for the Penn State game probably angry even if they weren't the snitch you can you so much more excited you can you even if even if they weren't the snitch it's just it's just it's the it's the it's the it's the it's the drama and the message board speculation it's all of what makes college football great um and completely ridiculous and even if it's not true at all, you can bet the Ohio State coaches will be telling the players it's true, and it will, on paper, probably not be pretty. I'm just thinking about from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the Pepe Silvio Nexus <laughs> chart that Charlie drew up the one episode. If you're a fan of the show, you know what I'm talking about. That might ignite a whole nother flame in Ohio State. Just the whole suspension, if it is true, and we don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you said, it's reckless speculation. You but you throw it out there and just see if it sticks. Yeah, it's, it's spaghetti on a wall. Sometimes <laughs> it does. And the facts will come out later on. Maybe right. not this season, but the facts will come out. But regardless, what we do know is that Chase Young will be out this week versus Rutgers and back versus Penn State and versus Michigan to close out the season. And then looking at down the road, if Ohio State takes care of all the business and if they win the games they're going to be favored in, which is all of them, then we could be looking ahead towards that Ohio State-LSU paradigm in the college football playoff where could they beat as a 1-4 versus four or a 2-3 versus three, or 
potential national championship in New Orleans, mind you. No, absolutely. I covered that. I covered the last time they met in the national championship in New Orleans in 2007. Ohio State got off to the quick start. Phil, Phil gives me that look. He remembers that well. It was a decided home field advantage, as you kind of mentioned, with uh, you know New Orleans being in LSU's backyard. So, yeah, that would be fascinating. I think that's the matchup the, the country is looking forward to right now. If you look at it now, it looks like it's probably Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and everyone else still give Clemson a little bit of benefit of the doubt just because of how much they returned from such a dominant team last year. It looks like they're starting to figure it out now. But, yeah, I think everyone is looking forward to that potential LSU, Ohio State, not just because of the Joe Burrow subplot, but because they've clearly been the two best teams in college football this year. It's just continuing on the Ohio-Louisiana connection from Joe Burrow going to LSU. And to my knowledge, the last I looked, Ohio State – has the most representatives on the New Orleans Saints compared to any other NFL team. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That connection continues to uh, prove and show some fruition. Briggsy, any final thoughts before we get you out of here today? No, we'll be uh, heading up to Ann Arbor for the Michigan-Michigan State game this weekend. It'll be interesting if uh, Harbaugh and friends can put the final nail in D'Antonio's coffin. That, uh, You're not going to the Rutgers game? uh, that's That's possible. It's possible. No, so it should be uh, should be a interesting weekend of college football again, and we will look forward to seeing you guys next time. Well, weekday too, Maction still going. <laughs> oh, on. that's true. That's true. Akron had a zero yard punt the other day. It's 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 just truly terrifying. My thoughts on Maction are well documented, but just watching last night, it lo- it, it felt like they were playing on a soundstage. Ohio and Western are playing a, a pretty big game for the Mac standings. There's zero people in the stands. Probably half the band isn't even there. It's freezing. Frank Solich is on the sideline just looking just looks frozen. Uh, everything about it is just a complete slap in the face to the local fans, but you got to respect it, I guess. More and I, I love, I love ESPN. Sorry, by the way, I love ESPN or the Mac yesterday issuing a statement that said, "For the safety and interest of fans, we're going to because of the polar vortex coming through, we're going to move the start times up by an hour. So it starts when it's like twelve degrees instead of eight degrees, and this is you know for student athlete and fan welfare. So, but those four degrees matter. I did have a did break bread with the Mac commissioner in Cleveland last summer to extend an olive branch, so I won't say any more. What moment was more Maction? Was it the zero-yard punt, or did you see the Eastern Michigan offensive lineman that lined up as a wide receiver, and as soon as the ball was snapped, he did a cartwheel? I don't know what was more impressive yeah. or more hashtag Maction. Yeah. Briggsy, thanks for your time this week. We'll talk to you shortly. As for you listening in, we're going to be joined by sports editor Scott McNeish, as we always are on Glass City Game Time, for the editor's perspective. And we're going to talk Heisman. Is the Heisman Trophy Joe Burrows to lose? Yes. (laughs) Phil Kaplan says yes. We'll ask Scott his opinion on that as we continue on here on Glass City Game Time. All right, continuing on here on Glass City Game Time, as we always do towards the end of each show, I am now joined by sports editor Scott McNeish. And Scott, we talked about Joe Burrow, we've talked about Chase Young, we've talked about Ohio State and LSU. It's only fitting to continue the conversation by wrapping this around the Heisman Trophy and the latest odds from Bavada in Las Vegas for entertainment purposes only. Currently say Joe Burrow, is a minus 1,000 favorite to win it. 
David Briggs in his column mentioned a one in five favorite, which is still pretty significant. Number two behind him, Justin Fields for Ohio State, another guy we talked about at plus seven fifty. Following him, Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma, Tua Tagovailoa of Alabama, and then Chase Young still in the mix, according to odds makers, for the Heisman Trophy. Is the Heisman Trophy truly Joe Burrow's? to lose that is a really good list I would say yes I think that is Joe Burrows to lose I think he with his performance last Saturday against Alabama put himself clearly in the driver's seat and he's going to have some opportunities to make his stock even better now at the same time he has some opportunities to make his stock worse but he will have opportunities on national tv in big time games to have big time performances to really just make it a no doubter if it isn't already um, but at the same time, he's going to face some good opponents probably in the playoff in the SEC title game where he could turn in some clunkers and come back down to earth, and then we're going to really have a conversation. But as of right now, I, I think it's a slam dunk that he is the favorite and should be considered so until somebody else plays at that kind of level or Joe Burrow just tanks, which I don't see happening. Or he would literally throw himself out of it. Did he seal it with his performance alone on Saturday? I think so. And and you look at the people who are beneath him on, on the list that you just mentioned. Are they going to have the same kind of opportunity once you start getting into championship games and playoff games? Maybe. I mean, maybe Justin Fields beats up on, on Minnesota and then, you know, beats up on Clemson and you say, okay. Or maybe Chase Young just goes crazy like he had been before the suspension. And you're like, all right, well, maybe translating these odds a little bit too when i say minus 1000 think of it as around a 90 percent chance of joe burrow walking away with the heisman trophy i would still think chase young would be in that mix and the odds say so getting to new york is one thing that means being a top three finalist voted getting him to new york is one thing winning it is another yeah it's going to be very interesting i think it's also going to be interesting to see how people perceive this suspension because if this happens in a couple of years when athletes start getting paid, it's nothing. So, But with right now, with this being against the rules and a two-game slap on the wrist when you miss two, I guess we can call them games, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how people perceive the whole situation. With Scott, thanks for your time this week. You're welcome. Thank those of you at home for listening as well. And before we get out of here, once again, I would like to remind you about Game Track. The final week that you'll see this on ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports game track gives you all the local high school football scores as they happen presented by the Taylor automotive family to be on your game. You can visit ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports Friday evening and Saturday evening as the OHSAA state playoffs continue. And you can find us anywhere where podcasts are available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, we are there. And don't forget to check us out on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide. That'll do it for episode number seven of Glass City Game Time. For David Briggs, for Scott McNeish, and for Phil Kaplan, my name is Corey Christen. We'll talk to you next week.